The New York Islanders added five players in the 2023 NHL Draft. Hadi Kalakash of Locked On NHL Prospects joins us to give you an in-depth scouting report on all five of them. We've got that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop and we're also now available on Sirius XM on the SXM app just do a little search for locked on Islanders it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of locked on NHL prospects or I should now say the co-host of oh. locked on NHL prospects which is back up and running so that's very good news Hadi Kalakesh and uh, Hadi great to have you back absolutely thanks for having me on so the draft is over. Uh, you get to sort of reset a little bit right now, I, I assume. And, <laughs> gee, a shocker. The Islanders did not have a pick in the first round uh, for really? the fourth year in a row. This is a recording, uh, you know, considering Lou Lamorello has only been here. What is it? This was his sixth draft. So four yep. in a row without a first round pick. But it's a deep draft overall. And there were some interesting players picked by the New York Islanders. So let's start right away with the first pick the Islanders made, 49th pick overall. And uh, center Danny Nelson from uh, the U.S. developmental team. And your thoughts about Nelson as the 49th pick and what does he bring to the table? Well, he brings a lot of certainty. I, I feel like Nelson, it'd be very difficult for me to project him as anything less than a bottom six NHLer. I do have a bit of trouble seeing the upside here, especially at 49. It's a bit high, but you're getting a guy who's definitely going to win you face-offs, play defensively at a decent level, brings a lot of physicality and intensity to the table as well. So a lot of the intangibles that Lou Lamarillo is pretty known to like in, in terms of what he searched for and in, in prospects. So some of those elements are, are great. I do sort of like the shot. I'd say it's average to above average, but... I don't see much awareness, much playmaking, much deception, manipulation, many of the things that I look for in prospects that I consider kind of high-end, um, borderline first-rounders. There were guys that were available at that range that I could have seen the aisle swing on, especially with the lack of upside in the system, uh, just to kind of take a home run swing and hope for the best in terms of getting a potential top-liner, top-six player. I don't see Danny Nelson filling that kind of role. Maybe at his very, very best, it becomes a middle-six kind of defensive center. 
uh, who, who's going to forecheck hard, who's going to win pucks back for your team. Um, but I, I'd see him become kind of a low-end second line and high-end third line center at the best of the best of his capabilities. If he improves his skating stride, if he brings his, his game up a couple notches, if the awareness comes a bit, um, it's just the tendencies that he has in his game kind of make him shy away from scenarios that would help him develop some areas of his game that I feel you know other other prospects have more developed in terms of shooting you know playmaking deception manipulation awareness he's shying away from those elements because they're not staples of his game maybe that changes with time but usually a player's mindset stays pretty much static throughout their development and that mindset is what shapes their skill set um i i just don't see the mindset translating to a high-end skill set with nelson but for me you're for sure getting an nhl is this a confidence issue with him not very much. It's just a kind of knowledge of his limitations as he stands right now. I feel like he knows what he's capable of and what he's not capable of. You know, obviously this is a kind of thing that, you know, by speaking to the players and I rarely get the chance to do that. Um, but just from what I've seen on the ice it's very clear that Nelson knows what role he needs to play on his team. He played a really good role as a third liner on, um, on that NTDP team as a center behind Oliver Moore and obviously Will Smith. Um, and play that role really well in the sense that he knew that when he jumped on the ice, his job was to bring energy, bring physicality, and then make the top six forwards jobs easier when they hop on the ice when it's their turn. Um, so yeah, just a kind of knowledge of where he stands as a player and what his limits are. And is there a, an NHL comparable that you could compare him to? Mm. Uh, in, in some respects, he reminds me a bit of a Kyle Clutterbuck, but a more defensively responsible version of Clutterbuck as well. Um, slightly more skilled as well. Um, but that, that would be kind of the type of player that I would see him become at the NHL level, a, a kind of heavy, hard-hitting, intense kind of puck chaser who loves to make you know defensemen's jobs difficult on the other side. Uh, so, so that's the kind of profile I'd, I'd give for him. But with comparables, I always kind of give a caveat of this is not a thing I usually like to do because players are so... You know, they could be one way right now, but they develop in a completely different trajectory. A lot of players have five or six different routes to the NHL that they could take that could land land them in completely different kind of ballparks in terms of comparables. But as he stands right now, that's what I'd give Danny Nelson. And you alluded earlier to there were some other players on the board at 49 who you thought might have more upside potential. Who were some of the guys you thought the Islanders might have chased or, or selected at 49? that they passed up well for me a guy like oscar fisker molgard brings a lot of the the elements that nelson brings to the game on top of having a bit of a more projectable skill set uh so oscar fisker molgard went 57 52nd to seattle so three picks after uh the owls pick a couple other guys bo ache he's a fantastic rush defender i really like what i saw from him uh in uh in the ohl with the barry colts uh, Felix Ungersorum as well, or, or especially Grayson Sachin was probably the highest. You know, Grayson Sachin and Riley Height were the two highest ranked players at that point that were still on my board that were realistically, I was realistically thinking would be kind of top 50 picks and weren't picks. So Sachin is a really intense, really good playmaking uh, center. Uh, he can play on the wing as well. Um, for me, he brings a lot more upside than a guy like Nelson and Riley Height, especially. Um, I kind of liken him to a Yanni Gord with better playmaking, just in terms of what he brings to the game, in terms of intensity, in terms of nastiness. He's the type of guy to to, to throw cheap shots after the whistle behind the behind the ref's back, you know that kind of thing. He's really involved after the whistle as well, but his playmaking is high end. 
So that's something you can build around that I didn't see as much with Nelson. But again, with Nelson, you're getting a surefire NHLer. With those two, Sachin and Height, you can't guarantee that they'll be NHLers, but the upside is a lot higher. So it's just about the mindset with, with the Isles, what they were looking for. I think they were looking for someone to consolidate their bottom six um, kind of center role. And, and do you think, and I, I know you're sort of speculating with this answer, but do you think the fact that the Islanders didn't have a first or third round pick encouraged Lou Lamorello to go with the safer option in the second round? I think it definitely played into it. Um, you know, at that point, the Isles are definitely just looking to add an NHLer out of this uh, out of this draft. You know, based on the picks they have, if they get one, two, especially three NHLers out of this draft, they're more than happy based on the picks that they add. So I think that definitely plays into it. A team with more picks has more risk, um, kind of room to to make mistakes because let's say a team has 11 or 12 picks that's 11 or 12 swings that you can take out at an nhler you're more than likely to get two or three nhlers out of that so you might as well take that extra risky swing and and, and try to try to hit the fences essentially that that definitely does make sense and if you were to grade this pick what grade would you give it I'd kind of give it in the C range just because, like I mentioned, there was a lot of upside left on the table. And even if you're looking for certainty, there are players with that certainty uh, that that did have higher kind of profiles in terms of skill set. Like I mentioned, Fisker Molgard, uh, Felix Ungersorum, uh, Bo Aki are three guys who I think are very certain in terms of their projectability, uh, but who bring a bit more upside for me than Nelson. So even if they were, even just from a standpoint, if, even just from a perspective of certainty, I could still kind of see some other picks make more sense for the Islanders than uh, Danny Nelson at 49. Now you mentioned that Nelson was more of a sure thing. How far off do you think he is? I mean, he's heading to college now. How far off do you think he is from even having a realistic shot at an NHL roster? I think it's a matter of uh, just writing out his NCAA uh, stint just to make sure that he is as developed as possible when he hits the NHL because he's ready. It's just a matter of playing him at a level where he's confident because if you rush him at the NHL, that's usually when, you know, with players that have that certainty to them, that that projectability to their defensive game, to their physical game, to their forechecking, usually they accept the role that they're given, a bit like Nelson did this year in the NTDP. But if you leave him as much time as possible in the NCAA to get comfortable with that level and reach a level where he's dominating, then at, at some point he's going to reach, he's going he's gonna to see some scenarios that will allow him to explore some of his offensive game and hopefully add some tools that he doesn't have right now. So I think the safer thing with uh, a guy like Danny Nelson is to give him as much time as possible in a league where he can dominate. And I, th- I feel like just giving him up to his senior year in the NCAA would be a great opportunity for that. Makes sense. All right. We have got four more players to break down from this year's draft, and we'll talk a little bit about the overall prospect pool for the New York Islanders. Hopefully it's a little bigger puddle, at least right now, to quote you, Hadi, from our (laughs) your last appearance on the show. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And hey, Met fan, Yankee fan, fan of any other team, lots of betting opportunities on FanDuel. It's all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So, Hottie, the fourth round, uh, no no third round pick. That was the uh, Andrew Ladd trade. Wow, we're going back <laughs> uh, a, a little ways. But I, I really liked the fourth round pick, or at least the value of the fourth round pick. Yessi Nurmi, the Finnish left winger, your thoughts about what he adds to the to the prospect pool. So for Nurmi, what I like in this game, especially is the forechecking elements, uh, really intense, but I especially like the way that he chases players in calculated measures. Uh, doesn't kind of run around uh, like, like a headless chicken, really is calculated with the way that he applies pressure, um, pushes on one side of the defender, then goes the other in order to kind of send him the wrong way and then get the puck off of them, that kind of thing. I also like the playmaking elements. Uh, there are some bits of anticipation and, and awareness that I really like in this game, but they come and go in flashes. Uh, he did score a lot of goals in uh, the uh, Finnish Junior League, I believe 21 goals. Uh, but essentially, for me, I feel like the playmaking is a, a bit more projectable based on the way that he uses his, his passes, whereas his shot is a bit more reliant on his positioning, on spacing in the offensive zone, which is a lot easier to find uh, and, and have in the uh, junior league in, in Finland. But as he develops, I feel like you can get a really good kind of playmaking, forechecking specialist out of Normie. He needs to add some weight for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel like this is a really great pick for the Islanders based on what he brings and the kind of mitigation between good upside, but also a decent floor. Um, kind of a great fit for me for the Islanders based on what they're looking for. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really good value in the fourth round. The, does the size concern you a lot? I mean, he's what, 5'11", 180 right now? I believe he's a tad under 170 pounds right now. So oh, that's wow. a concern. He needs to add some weight for sure. Um, he's kind of got that lanky-ish frame, and, and he probably will grow into that. Uh, it's just a matter of getting him in the gym and, and working regularly on what kind of weight to add because, you know, a player can be 200 pounds, but it's 200 bad pounds. That's not what we want out of a prospect. We want a player who's got a lot of lean muscle, who's able to explode out of out of cuts and, and pivots, that kind of thing. I feel like that's going to help him a lot. Uh, just adding that lower body and core strength, especially, would make him a really, really good player, I believe. Um, but again, the, the upside is s sort of limited. I don't see any second line or top line upside, but in the fourth round, you'll very, very rarely get some. Uh, but I like the playmaking flashes enough that, you know, in the fourth round, this is a great pick for the Owls. And in round five, they go to Justin Gill, uh, a center from Sherbrooke. And, uh, you know, put up 93 points, but he's a little bit of an older prospect at 20. What does he add to the Islanders prospect pool? For me, this is my favorite pick of the uh, Islanders draft. I really, really like Justin Gill. I've, I've said that he should have been drafted last year. Even the year before, I would have taken him with a later round pick. Gill is a very intense forechecker, but he also brings very, very good playmaking elements. He played on the line. He's one of the players I've watched the most this year because he played on the line with a Habs prospect, Joshua Roy, and a 2023 NHL draft eligible who went in the uh, in the second round, the early second round, in Ethan Gauthier. He complements them really well. He's a guy who's going to uplift the players that he plays with, but he's also got that finishing touch. He's able to put the puck in the back of the net, find space off the puck really well. He's got a lot of really fun elements to his game. Now, he's listed at six foot one, 200 pounds-ish. Um, I 
I, on ice, he seems smaller than that. So, and and especially in terms of his board battle mechanics and all that, he doesn't leverage his weight as well. Uh, can get muscled off of pucks, but overall, the the profile of high intensity, kind of uh, high energy forward uh, who can uplift the teammates that he plays with and finish their chances. I feel like that's great, great value uh, for the Islanders in this range. Yeah, and Lou Lamorello does have a habit of picking up some good players in the fourth and fifth rounds. That that's yep. sort of been now it helps when you don't have first and second round picks. Exactly. But that that's you know your your Dufours and your Maggios mm-hmm. coming in those later rounds, and it, it seems that that's the Lou Lamorello's sweet spot. Uh, with with regard to Gill, you know he's already twenty. Does that mean he's a little closer to being ready or is he just developing a little more slowly than some of these other prospects? I feel like he can jump in fairly quickly in the AHL and have a decent impact. It's just a matter of how long he spends there. Um, There's a lot of picks. You know, I I like these overager picks in the late rounds because you can pretty much plug them into your pro lineup right away and immediately see what kind of player you're getting. I feel like Gil's fairly developed. Um, from last year to this year, there hasn't been a major, major progression. There have been some tweaks in certain areas that have made him a more projectable prospect, but nothing that you wouldn't come to expect from a player going from 19 to 20. Um, so I, I feel like it's just a matter of time. Maybe he spends one more year in the queue, it just uh, spends his final year there, and then he's going to sign his AHL contract and then play it out in the AHL until he proves that he's an NHL player. And I believe he could be a decent fourth liner, maybe you know borderline third liner, um, the type of guy who, you know, if you draft a 20 and plug in your lineup within a year or two, you're happy. Yeah, that, that, that definitely does make sense. Now, the last two picks that the Islanders had, they go with defense uh, in the sixth round, 177th overall, Zachary Schultz from the U.S. development team, uh, native of Michigan. What do you see in him? Uh, for me, I had a bit of trouble with Schultz at times. I have a lot of trouble seeing anything much outside of his rush defending that really interests me. Sometimes in his own zone, he's got some decent elements. He's, he's got a bit of aggression to him. He's able to push players out, out of the front of the net. He's able to intervene on cycles at the right times. But mainly what you're getting out of him is a really decent rush defender who's going to break out any transition attempts that come come his way. Outside of that, the skating's about average. The skill set is certainly below average. Um, but again, in the sixth round, you're not really looking for anything that's a spectacular in terms of well-rounded skill set. You're very rarely going to get something like that. For me, Schultz is a specialist who can, you know, if you can spend enough time on him, give him, give him enough time, especially he's going to Wisconsin, I believe, in the NCAA. So um, that might be a bit of a hindrance to him. Uh, but again, the coaching has changed, so that might help him out. For me, the main thing is I'm looking for Schultz to add some some skill set elements with the puck that make him more interesting when he gets the puck because he's great without it. But once he gets it, there's a bit of confusion, there's a bit of panic, and it, it was I mean the NTDP in general on defense this year was tough to watch. Other than Aramination, who was my favorite of the of the the bunch in uh, in the NTDP's defense core, I didn't really see much. Brady Cleveland might have been up there, but you know. In, in terms of the profile, Schultz is a specialist in terms of what he does. And if you can just bring the rest of his game up to at least an average level, you've got an NHLer, but it's a long shot. All right. Well, we'll see how he develops. Uh, we have one more drafted player to discuss. And then I wanted to give sort of a bigger picture on the Islanders prospect pool. We'll do that right after this. 
So, Hadi, I, I know there's not a lot of uh, scouting information available about the Islanders' seventh-round pick, but we both agreed he has the best name of any player <laughs> in the 2023 NHL draft. Dennis Goodbog from Sweden, a defenseman, uh, going 209th overall. What do you know about him? Well, I scouted him mainly last year. He's an overager, so he was available last year, and he's one of the guys whose name stood out on the on the on the sheet. And I was just like, man, I need to go and see if this guy's a player because if he makes it, the name's going to be very funny to watch uh, in the NHL. I didn't see much NHL value last year. I, you know, I haven't watched him since really. Uh, but all I know is that his offense has clearly improved because he went from nine points, uh, sorry, six points in thirty games in the J twenty league. Uh, the Swedish Junior League in, uh, with AIK, to now this year he put up 28 points in 39 games in the same league. So there's been an uptick in production. I'll be looking back and seeing kind of what the Isles are getting here, um, you know, once I'm able to get some footage on him. But essentially, when you see an uptick in production, usually the player has brought some skill set with him. You know, just one year of physical development doesn't really change in terms of the production necessarily. Uh, now, of course, as a year older, he's playing against players who are about his age, um, so it, it can have some influence, but the it's such a major uptick going from six to 28 points, definitely worth a look. Um, I know from watching him last year, I did like the physical involvement. I did like the defensive game. The skating is below average, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, but there's a couple things that can be tweaked and should be tweaked with a guy like him. I still believe he's more of a, an SHL top defender rather than a potential NHLer. Um, but time will tell. I, I feel like he's got some runway ahead of him. He's still playing in juniors. Next year, he'll, he'll have a spot in the uh, Swedish second division of pro hockey. That'll give us a better impression of what we're getting out of Dennis Gutbog here. So overall, looking at this draft, again, given the fact that there was no first round pick, no third round pick, yep. how would you grade Lula Morello and the Islanders on their performance in this draft? Well, it's decent. I mean, they didn't pick up anyone who, for me, contends with Cali Adelius at the top end of their prospect pool, but they've brought together a decent amount of players who have a decent chance of becoming NHLers, which, you know, from what it seems is what they were looking for based on the picks that they made. So for me, it's just, a, you know, based on the, the spots they were picking in, there were still a couple of guys for me who I would have taken first just based on upside, but that's my philosophy. That's the way I see the draft. Um, at the end of the day, if you're looking for certainty, it's very difficult to find better than the guys they took. Danny Nelson at the top, like I mentioned, there are probably a couple of guys who have more certainty and a more well-rounded offensive profile that give him more upside. Uh, but at the end of the day, for me, Nelson is an NHLer. I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't make it. So not too bad at the end of the day, but uh, for me, it's just a matter of where do they go from here because the prospect pool is so thin, especially on upside, that they need to start adding some high upside guys to their, uh, to their prospect pool for sure. Yeah, and that's not Lou Lamorello's MO, as we yep. as we all know. Hadi, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and how they could follow you on social media? Absolutely. So Locked On NHL Prospects is available wherever you get this podcast. So if you're watching this on YouTube, just look up Locked On NHL Prospects. You'll find it. Uh, Spotify, Odyssey, SiriusXM, anywhere that you find this, you can find the podcast. It's also on Twitter at LO underscore NHL Prospects. Uh, and on my end, you can find everything I post, including the podcast on Twitter at Hattie K underscore scouting. If you're watching on YouTube, the handle is right below my face there. Uh, if you're listening, just put in Hattie, H-A-D-I, the letter K underscore and then scouting. Everything I do, everything I write, everything I, I post in terms of videos all goes there. All right. 
Adi, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking prospects with you. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on. All right, always great to talk a little prospects with Hadi and hopefully giving everyone a little bit more insight into the Islanders 2023 draft class. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And yesterday, Monday, was the 50th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Adrian Acoin, originally a fifth round pick by Vancouver back in 1992. Made his NHL debut with the Canucks in 94-95 and stayed with Vancouver till the 2000-2001 season. Played part of one season for the Tampa Bay Lightning and then joined the Islanders for three years starting in 01-02. Had three productive seasons for the Islanders. His best year, 03-04, 13 goals, 44 points that season. Then later played for Chicago, Calgary, the Coyotes, and finished his career with the Blue Jackets in 2012-2013. Played 1,108 games in his NHL career, which is pretty impressive. 121 goals, 399 points in 793 penalty minutes. Went on to play 62 playoff games, 6 goals, 21 points there. One of his better games as an Islander, April 2nd, 2004. Islanders on the road against the Carolina Hurricanes. And in this game, it's Rick DiPietro in goal for the Islanders. Kevin Weeks getting the start for Carolina. And Adrian Acoin scoring two goals in this game on three shots and played 28 minutes and 17 seconds. He could move the puck. He knew what to do with it. And... Certainly was a solid player in that regard. Islanders beating the Hurricanes in this one 6-4 to four and uh, a three-point night. Two goals and an assist for Marius Tchaikovsky. Oleg Kavasha actually picking up three assists in this game. So, I hope everybody has a great 4th of July. Everydayers, we will be back tomorrow We'll have the latest on the Alex DeBrinkett rumors, any other free agent or trade rumors concerning the Islanders, or if there's some news about Zach Parise or Oliver Wallstrom, we'll have that for you as well. So plenty to talk about concerning your New York Islanders. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day, and we really do appreciate that. Have a great 4th of July. Stay safe, everybody. And of course... Let's go Islander.